This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wood, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal Cast and YouTube. All right, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal Cast. Thanks for joining us this week. We're covering an announcement Wizards made. It was about three weeks ago now, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and we're also going to talk a little bit about the BNR tomorrow. Uh, so the announcement was, of course, standard plus, historic, uh, modern light, whatever you want to call it, that's coming to Arena with the Core 20 release in a week. So pretty big implications there, and I guess let's just get started. So you know, uh, what what do you expect? So I expect uh, Nexus to be legal for a little while, and then it will run the format, and nobody will want to play it, and then they'll ban Nexus again. Yeah. And then the format will shake out, but I don't expect this to be a widely played format on Arena, especially after the changes to the grind that you have to to do to be a free-to-play player. Fair, Um, yeah. If people haven't caught up on that, there is an FAQ that Watsi put out under their Arena section last week that details the new structure of the uh, the mastery model, and there will be different types of mastery that will get you different things. Most of them are vanity except for uh, overall uh, like resources. So the, the gem and gold reward structure changes. So they're making it very hard to be a free-to-play player for draft only or uh, constructed only. And yeah. now you're going to have to play every type of event when they shift from, let's say, the current sets draft to a historic draft. You will have to play those drafts. You will have to play every day. And it becomes this untenable model. And if... Uh, Historic doesn't sneak into this model. I don't really think people are going to want to play Ixalan forward standard again. Best of one or best of three, it doesn't matter. If it's best of one, I guess that means Nexus is banned because that's how they banned Nexus and all best of one play. But then you have this snapshot of a format that people could want to take into paper that doesn't translate. If it's a best of one format and Nexus is banned... Doing that at F and M is like playing Pokemon in the late '90s. It's round robin, best of one, and that doesn't work out. That's not <laughs> that's not a model. But uh, War can handle it. You just, uh, as a judge, select one O or O one for the match, and that ends it. Yeah, but that's not an F and M kind of format. And I think Watsi or Hasbro has this idea that this is a format that people could take into paper and kind of ease the burden of. The, the standard churn of cards where players have to just keep selling to being to be able to buy back in and continue to play every September. And if that's the case, I don't think Ixalan is a good place to start. I think they should have gone further back and actually created a more robust ban list and a more robust environment in this format than they had in standard at any yeah. point in time. Uh, but overall, I'm just kind of ambivalent slash heel on this. I, I don't see it as a huge boon to magic as a whole i i'll i'll play devil's advocate here i i don't think i need to really you know ever everyone knows how i feel about most of wizard's business decisions that Calm hasn't changed down. Yeah. so uh the the one thing i can say is that if if wizards is correct if arena has bought all these new players into the game mm-hmm. i guess it's a way of getting them used to rotation existing yeah. And showing them that there's still an option for them to explore. I think the thing that, you know, at least from 
speaking with some stores in the area that's kind of sad is none of them have seen an uptick in players because of arena like maybe a couple people came in and bought packs because of arena but they haven't shown up at events Mm -hmm. so i i think this is good for them going forward in the esports marketplace yes i think them getting every you know extracting every cent of allowance they can from their players is fine Mm mm-hmm I, Hasbro's gonna Hasbro. Yes. But I, I actually hope this does make its way to paper. Okay. Uh, I, Modern and Legacy are still better. I just think it would be nice for people who aren't old heads like you and I who've been playing this game for 20 years, you know, to have something like that. Now this this is this is of course me playing a character. I don't believe any of this. I think this format is stupid. I think Wizards yeah. is stupid and we're still killing this you game. You can't just but, have everybody dump on this format. Somebody's got to pretend to be nice. Yeah. So I, I I can see this for the overall health of the game. It could be good. The big mm-hmm. problem though is again killing the free to play model. The fact that you can't go infinite. Yeah. The fact that you know you don't have a robust bot economy. That you can use to your advantage to just churn ticks for events. Or like, being able to trade cards to friends or other accounts. I was thinking yeah. about that the other day. Like how it, it makes things kind of weird for on Arena where you're forced into always playing to try and keep up. You can't just shuffle cards around. Like if you and I wanted to jam games and you don't have the entirety of the deck we want to test, you yeah. have to, and you don't have the wild cards, you have to buy gems to be able to test that deck. I can't just trade you cards or loan you the deck. Yeah, and that that feels really bad. Yes. And I think that, you know, adding like a playtest option or something is something that I'm sure Wizards thought about and then shot down because it's a bad use of resources because it doesn't make them money. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it shows at the very least that they're committed to evolving the platform. Yeah, and uh, trying to bring changes to it. There is an article from on Business Insider, uh, so it must have been a blog post if it went up today, that basically talked about looking uh, Hasbro's looking at Magic as being their number one game. The title of the article, I think, is literally "Move Over Monopoly: Magic the Gathering is Taking Your Spot," and that's Hasbro's plan for the next. I would assume two years is to push magic. So to do that, you need to bring in the EA model of as many microtransactions as you can. Um, yeah. This is you know, still a little off topic because that part doesn't affect historic, but historic doesn't really, like, doesn't seem to account for any of those microtransactions. Like, I don't, I wouldn't consider buying gems a microtransaction. Like buying a little pet in the game for a couple bucks to me, is a microtransaction that's cosmetic. It has nothing to do with your ability to play the game. It doesn't become a, a pay-to-win model, in, in essence, yeah, because of that little pet. But one of the things I did, I think I talked about last week because I talked to our, uh, an L, our, one of our LGS, one of the owners, about Historic. I asked if anybody had shown any interest in the format. And he said, not right now, but it is something we would consider if there were people that are actually interested in it. And... We actually, at the pre-release, when I was uh, working behind the booth, we were joking around. We were counting the number of stores in our in a little like 30-mile radius, and we came up with the fact that there are seven stores that sell Magic the Gathering product. They don't have to do singles. They just can hold events, and they sell Magic the Gathering product. It's not We're not counting um, big box retail. We're talking about like comic stores, card yeah. stores, etc. 
and only one of those places has dedicated cases but no playroom. The other one has dedicated playroom but no cases. It's uh, somebody they contract in essence. And my LGS, the, the largest one for F&M, does not do singles anymore. Well, the people that are loyal to that, that store can continue to play their cards without having to worry about where they're going to dump them or who they're going to dump them to because, in essence, there's really only one other store to sell to and then a, a direct individual who buys cards like that. And if you can't get there on either days that there is an employee there to either... Uh, for the, the toy store that has magic. If you're not there on Friday or Saturday, you can't sell to this individual. And the person, this the other store that has no play space but has singles, is a consignment shop in essence. And if the, the gentleman who's doing consignment work there isn't there to buy your cards, nobody's buying cards those days. Yeah. So it becomes this really weird uh, timing mechanism to try and get out of your cards. Or you can sit on them and maybe play Historic for F&M. And yeah. in that essence, I think it's great for my local players in smaller environments like that because it gives those people things to do with their cards especially when their cards turn into nothingness yeah you know which happens oh yeah when blood sun rotates out or even now blood sun is worth nothing like attempting to sell it to me at a vendor is just kind of a as a vendor is just kind of a push i'm not going to pay bulk price for that card to ship yeah i don't even want to pay five cents on that card yes but now you can keep it and maybe that becomes a card in a in a non-rotating format yeah. So it 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 gives disenfranchised players like a lot of like the players up here something to do with those cards, something to sit on. Whether they want to get out of their big cards or not is different. But at least they'll have the ability to do something with those cards later on, and I understand that and I appreciate it. I just don't think this format is going to do much for the game as a whole. If yeah, and I want to caveat it: if things stay the way they do. If Watsy says we're supporting Historic, we're going to gas Modern, and Modern's going to be a turn <clears throat> two or three format uh, with this BNR and then several adjustments coming in, then I can see Historic being a little more of a safe haven for people to play in who want to do big, dumb mid-range things. Then, then by all means, this can be their format, just the way Modern kind of was at the tail end of Extended. You know, that. And prior to Bridgevine stupid stupid well it's stupid hogak oh yeah but it's it's yeah, not it's, even that it's the format as a whole can be a lot faster if wasi wants to let it be faster yeah they could bring back git probe and speed the format up by probably yeah. about half a turn whether or yeah. not hogak still reigns supreme i don't know but git probe in phoenix seems pretty good git probe and infect still really good especially with scale yeah. up you know they scale can up they can definitely juice this format a bit and speed it up if they want to and just make it a kind of heavy punch format that it seems like it's going to be in time if they don't actually cull it with something. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, on that note, predictions for B&R tomorrow. Uh, so the, that's a chat floating around in my team's little uh, Facebook group. Somebody, yeah. A lot of people expect Hogak to be banned, and I don't think that's the right call. Uh, in regards to that deck, so some people have been looking at it as, well, Hogak and Alter and Carrion Feeder are brand new cards to the format. You don't want to ban a brand new card, so you get something like Faithless Looting. Well, then you have Splash Damage to other decks that don't wreck the format. Dredge doesn't wreck the format, and neither does Phoenix. And you know what happens? No. Even in Legacy, when you stop caring about the graveyard, then Dredge and Reanimator come back. 
So what yeah. happens? You care about the graveyard and you suppress those decks. It's not that bad to have Phoenix and Dredge in this format. If a no. deck like Humans can be the best deck in the format, like as uh, was stated on, I believe, both the Cedric Phillips podcast last week and maybe Pro Points, it's not bad Yeah. when that deck is at the top. So that's kind of your, to me, the waterline. And I think that should be the waterline for a lot of people. When Modern is healthy, a deck like Humans can be up towards the top. Yeah. So what I think happens is we do see Abandon in a new card. Nothing that has splash damage, but something that is an engine piece for just shenanigans. And what shenanigans? You don't know. But you know it's shenanigans. And I think that card is Altar of Dementia. I know yeah. it was a card I went uh, heavy on a couple weeks ago. I suggested it to a number of people as something to look uh, to, look to, to pick up on and spec on. Because that card had an upward trend even before Modern Horizons in this printing. Yeah. But I think that's the card to go. You, you don't want to get Bridge because then that stops people from experimenting with the Graveyard in any way, shape, or form. You don't want to get Hogak because you still leave Altar that does dumb things. And if yeah. you pull Altar, then that just leaves you with Hogak, Vengevine, and Bridge. And what does that do? It allows you to cast an 8-8 Trample without haste that doesn't sacrifice to do anything. It just exists for a turn, which which buys you time to find a Vapor Snag, a Path to Exile, or any number of existing oh, cards in this yeah. format that deal with this card. It's not that big a threat. I think Altar is the card that goes. There's no reason to have any discussion about Ancient Stirrings when that card does not exist right now in the format. The only Tron deck that I've seen is Eldrazi Tron, and they do not play that card. Yeah, they literally can't. No, and if they want uh, to preempt Urza, they could probably preempt Urza. I don't think that that card is going to be a problem in the format, but if, nah. if they see something they think needs to go, then they might clip that. But I think the modern BNR is solely uh, Alter, and I hope that they announce in Historic either the format is best of one, thus no Nexus, or no Nexus in Historic, gone. Yeah, Those are, that's what I want from the from this BNR. Those two things. Uh, although I do want some unrestrictions, which I guess we can talk about afterwards. But yeah, uh, do you think anything goes? Uh, I think here's here's what I think should go. I think altar should go. I think looting goes. Okay. I think we may see some shakeup in popper. I know some people are like, "Oh, Ristic Studies got to go in popper." I'm like, eh doesn't seem like that bad right now no but i, I mean like format that well so yeah look, looking at the so looking at the top decks blue red delver has ristic study sometimes it's not even always in there and it's usually in the board okay. so i don't think that goes at all no um i would love to see you know them unban everything that just got banned and ban foil instead since that was clearly the problem what does sinkhole go in that it necessitated a ban? We could not figure this out at the pre-release. We Mono talking. black control being able to turn one dark writ duress sinkhole. That's all we could come up with, but nobody knew for sure that sinkhole was actually in that deck. So yeah, it 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 would be. Uh, I mean, if it, it were would legal, make it the best deck even more so. But I mean, you've got. You know, Oubliette and Ashes to Ashes also dropping in at the three drop yep. spot. So like you're pretty crowded there. Oh yeah. But hey, you know what whatever. Watsy, sure. Watsy gonna Watsy. Yeah. Um and I think, you know, I'm I'm still holding out hope that they'll unban my boy rampaging Ferocidon. Uh and standard. <laughs> I don't even know why that card's banned. Oh, I, it I, th I know red was just going to be the best deck unless they banned it, but hey, that, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
That's what people were talking about. My argument for it has always been, I guess they wanted tokens to be a deck, but they never supported that deck with good enough cards for it to be a deck. And then nope. people shot back with, yeah, well, the mono-red mirror match becomes who gets the Ferocidon first, and mono-white becomes untenable. I'm like, ah, is that really so bad? Yeah, like, does that... Look, look at it now. Mono-white is barely a deck anymore. Yeah, no. but I, I guess it does make certain things difficult. Like, the... Um, it shrinks the ability to play a mid-range strategy and makes makes you have to have an answer to Ferocidon on three always. And it changes the shape of the format, obviously, but yeah. I don't know what it looks like. I would... I th I can get behind that because we're going to lose Ixalan anyway in the fall, so yeah. why not just let him loose in the format? 3-3 three, 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 what three. happens. Yeah, it doesn't seem it's to never going to happen because Wizards, but I would love to see it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, we may see everyone has been calling for something in Vintage since the format has turned to absolute trash. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't seen how the London Mulligan affects it yet. So I don't think we see anything in Legacy, and I don't think we see anything in Vintage. No, I, I, I think agree with that. For those two, they wait to see what happens in the format and uh, what that does. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I taking it full circle back to the first topic if we get like an announcement about historic and nexus uh i think nexus might be a decent decent pickup in paper oh yeah uh, because if they just don't say anything about it well nexus is going to rotate soon anyways so start picking them up because it's an insane card for edh and if historic ever comes back to oh, paper yeah. uh Nexus, and uh, so for the past two months now, nope, not two months, for about a month and a half, uh, Search for Escanta has just taken a nosedive. Yep. It Its market is 11.47, and that is a format staple card for... For legacy. Standard <laughs> and yeah. historic. Yeah. So that is also not a bad card to move in on. Uh, I think Tefri is still high because he puts up results. Uh, five CMC Tefri puts up results in all formats. So if if you have him, cool. If you don't, wait. I don't think yeah. he's a card you can really spec on necessarily. Fifteen for a little. Uh, what the, what's the name of the big one? Hero of Dominaria. Hero, that's right. I should know this, but yeah, I don't. It's got. Uh... Pulling up MTG stocks, all-time low, April 11th, 2018, of $13. Yeah, okay, cool. And we're still at a low of 32 now. Yeah, so. yeah there's there's no way this card is going to be a, a viable spec at any sort, unless for some reason it drops below $10, but that'll never happen. Yeah, I uh, don't see that happening ever. No. Uh, we might get surprised with a Narset ban. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Narset in Legacy and Vintage just... Uh, yeah. Get her legs cut out from underneath her. Uh, that that would not surprise me either. A couple, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to somebody who is, I, I guess, a well-known uh, vintage player in certain circles, and I asked, uh, you know, what are you playing in vintage right now? And he basically said, dredge and narset decks. Anything yep. that isn't shops. Yeah. So, like, everything that isn't one of those two decks is a narset deck at that point. And I, it is true. I haven't checked the paradoxical deck, but I'm pretty sure I've seen Narset in there. So it's, it's running Narset. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very format defining, almost to the point of actually being format warping. Yeah. And I think that that you're right. That may be something we see on this announcement for Vintage. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's even 
Dreadhorde decks. Literally. Dreadhorde. In the format. Dreadhorde. That's like... Arcanist or... Uh, Dreadhorde, Dreadhorde Control with like oh. Narset, Dakfade, and stuff like that. It's just the old control lists. Yep. Um, and it's, you know, guess what's in there? Lavinia. Oh yeah, the zero CMC. Sorry, the two yeah. CMC. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a two of, and it's just like your old like balance style decks that every now and then have a Dreadhorde in there somewhere. Okay. So. Yeah, pretty Dreadhorde Arcanist that is. Yeah. So. Because they're flashing done, back all your good there. blue spells. Yeah. Um. So it's it's definitely like since war, vintage has been in a very weird spot. Mm-hmm. For the but, first time in a while. Yeah. I mean, Dredge also has Hogak now. Yeah. Uh, so you've got that running around. You've got Karn running around in shops. You've got Karnless shops. Mm-hmm. It's just in a really weird spot. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. Uh, that. Yeah. This this BNR provides a lot of wiggle room for for them to do a lot of things, and I don't know when the next one is. Is it eight? Are they eight weeks apart or something like that? Yeah, like eight or ten. Yeah, so I believe. Yeah. So we'd see one in the fall, probably before the Pro Tour. But I can't imagine that over the next two or three, we don't see some format shaping BNRs for older formats and then historic, because I assume once that format goes live on Arena, it becomes a pillar format to play. They're going to yeah. take as much data as they can, and maybe even interim BNR for paper, put out arena BNRs for historic and try and shape that format as best they can. Yeah. Like, and I put bounties on it, whatever, for, uh, for yeah. gold or gems just to get people playing that format. So. Yeah, I think I, I expect them to push that as much as possible. So I think that, you know, maybe this might be a time where I actually don't just dump all my standard at rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I have a lot of standard, I try not to keep it, but I mean, if there's a chance that some of this stuff, like, obviously I'm going to hold on to search, I'm going to hold on to Teferi's because those are too low, but I think you could see some stuff actually, you know, tick up, whereas you might not always see it. Uh, I actually did dump all my standard at this pre-release, not all of it. So same, I, uh, I got rid of everything that wasn't immediately playable in, uh, older formats because I didn't want to wait until September and hit that, uh, decline. Yeah. So like Twilight Prophets, uh, I I got rid of all my extra ones. I got rid of um, Doom Whisperers, uh, some odds and ends walkers from Dominaria and uh, Ixalan that we'll be leaving. Basically anything I could get rid of for any price, I got rid of because I don't want to be holding the bag on them. And I didn't believe, I still don't, in Historic as a paper format. Yeah. But uh, I did keep uh, my larger cards, but four of of things like Benelish Marshall just in case Historic becomes a format. I didn't want to yeah. sit on 16, but I'll sit on four, right? Yeah. Kind of thing. Uh, but I don't know. I, I feel like that was a decent move because, like I said, it gets me out ahead of the the fall sell-off. Yeah. Everybody else moving out. For sure. Like, J-Light Rangers still have a price now. Will they end the fall? Probably not. So if you're holding on to standard stuff and you're not playing it, it's not immediately playable, and you do not think you're going to be playing Historic as a paper format, then just in the next, yeah, the next couple of weeks, just cut it loose. Uh, yeah. I don't know the GP formats coming up and the Star City formats, but I assume over the next month we're going to have a bunch of standard. We're kind of at the tail end of the modern stuff with the PT coming up. Yeah. And, like... If, if anything's close, or you can just ship to CK, just do it. Just get out and buy into either another format or hold credit for the fall set. Yeah, for sure. So, and my recommendation. But, uh, any 
Any thoughts on an unrestriction or an unbanning? Unbanning. So I, uh, I'm. I don't want to walk you into your pick. We'll hold off on that, but. My pick. That's what I'll say. That's, okay. That's. I. I also think you know we may see, and I know this is a rumor. Every time a BNR comes up for modern, we may see Stoneforge finally. The, especially with Hogak, you know, the format's way too fast for it to matter. Yep. And honestly, I think yeah, Batter Skull is incredibly good uh, in modern, but as long as you know, Jit stays banned, I think Stoneforge is more or less fine. Yep. Uh. uh it might be very, very good. I also don't think, you know, contrary to what Wizards said in the last BNR, when they were like, oh, Blue White's already the best deck. We didn't want to give them Stoneforge. Like, it doesn't go in Blue White control. It's a different deck. Yeah. And I, I think we could see that. Um, and other than that, I don't think there's a lot that really needs to come off the list. Mm-mm. Uh, I think, you know, Stoneforge and then my pick are the two best options for coming off. Stoneforge was the card uh, I had in mind for this BNR. Whether they want to gas this format or not, I think Stoneforge is in a fine place. I think there's more than enough cards to make a viable either uh, blue-white or uh, green-white creature style deck. Go back to the old Hate Bear style of deck and eventually just tutor up uh, Batterskull or one of the various swords in the format. And yeah. the reasoning behind that is because, exactly like you said, this blue-white control deck is not a legacy blue-white control deck. It uses Celestial Colonnade to win, and that will not change moving forward. With Stoneforge Mage unbanned because you only have Batter Skull to go get, and you do not have as many free counter spells as you need, especially on your own turn, to maintain yeah. that Stoneforge Mystic and that advantage. You also do not have Jite, so creature decks can exist. I think uh, SFM is probably... Uh, the best call for this format. If they do want to gas the format, then I think uh, Deathrite Shaman comes off the ban list. Never going to happen, but God, I miss those days. I, that was, if they want those to were the, the best. Uh, it's, it's a good card, and it was a great uh, great section of the format, but it's without pod, you only have it in green-black X decks, which we haven't seen in a while. There's been no good 50% deck in the format for a while. I mean, John, yeah. people, Junt and Abzan Stalwarts will continue to play that deck. Does Deathrite Shaman slot into the Counters Company deck? It absolutely does, which is, which is you know, if you want to consider a Birthing Pod, by all means, go ahead and do that. It pretty much is yeah. Birthing Pod. But I don't think Deathrite Shaman really does that much to the format anymore in comparison to what it used to do to the format when you had Birthing Pod and Junt as some of the top decks. Without yeah. Storm in the format, without Infect in the format, without a lot of these other decks, I think DRS is, is fine. You might have a problem with it when Burn starts playing it again. That could be your waterline for whether or not it needs uh, a rebanning. Yeah. But I think you can give it its day in the sun like they did Golgari Grave Troll. That thing took one additional ban restricted list to get rebanned. And you know what? You can give DRS some time in the, in the sun. I, I think that yeah. card's fine to bring back. Please. Please, Watsy. Please. Uh, so I'm gonna move into picks if you wanna. All right. I think it is time to free the political prisoner in modern, and by the political prisoner, I mean Splinter Twin. Mm-hmm. That's my pick this week. I'm going all in on the BNR. 
Uh, I think it should be unbanned. The card's great. And if it gets unbanned, it's going to explode within 15 minutes of the announcement. Oh, 100%. Uh, I also think that it's fine for a long-term pickup because this will see play in the EDH forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Kiki combos exist in EDH. They're like when you first get into high power commander, one of the first things you do is build a splinter twin combo. Uh, you know, at about sub $4, really good position. Yep. You can get foils from Rise for around 30 right now if you want to go that route. And the foils for the Modern Masters set, because it was the one with the awful foiling, are like 15 bucks or yep. less. Uh, and I think that's just a really good spot to get in on. And it's not exactly like it's not super liquid, but it's also not illiquid. It's easy to offload. Yes. And I would just, you know, I, I want to see it come off the list. I want to see it explode. I'm sitting at about 15, 16 foils right now and about 40 to 50 non-foils because I love this card. Yeah. It's great. And you can just, uh, over time anyway, it will disappear from binders and from uh, tra yeah. trade stock. And it just goes over time. I, I like the card, especially as a long-term hold. You don't need to move in on infinite, infinite of these or, because you only need one in EDH. Yeah. Otherwise, you can buy your four for twenty dollars, regardless of version, and be happy about it until the end of time. Because over time, this will dry up. They're promote. I I doubt they're going to print it again in another in another's master set. Cause they already faux pod it the first time when they put it in twenty fifteen and then banned it the next yeah. BNR. Like, Watsi doesn't like to have too much egg on their face at any one given time. Could have fooled me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and. But. I th this if they want to gas the format and just make it a, a standoff, then I think this this card is perfectly fine. They didn't like the play pattern of it before, where you just waited until the end of your opponent's turn, then put Pestermite into play, and then Splinter Twin and your turn win. But then they made three mana Tefri, and you can do that still with Infect creatures. So it's a little bit of a double speak if they let stuff like if they literally put that clause on a Planeswalker and then don't bring back Splinter Twin. Yeah, it, it it is just a solid playable regardless, like you said, uh, in, in EDH. And I'd bring up the price graphs here, but the moment it was banned, it just tanks and then goes flat forever. Like there's no yeah. need. There's no need to bring up this graph. There's no real good trends to it. Yeah, I I think it's been sitting for a while, and similar to how Stoneforge, every announcement you'd see a huge spike. Mm -hmm. uh, Splinter Twin until the last couple of announcements would see a brief spike. Yes, but then it just stopped. Yeah. If you look so. at the graph for the Rise of the Eldrazi version, you will see a bit of a stepwise graph, and the floor resets over time from four dollars to five dollars. But it take it does you can tell when the BNR is because it just like step up or sawtooth up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah. Uh, my card for the week because we decided to be in our theme. This one is uh, much like yours. It's a long term gainer in uh, Batter Skull. And I know there's a GP promo for this, which made it a little more accessible, but the GP promo has different art than the set. The set foil, I believe, is still ridiculous at close to 50. Let's see, put that one in there. Yeah, it's about $48. But the non-foil batter skull, I'll bring this up, is sitting pretty at about $17. Clean up this graph a little bit. But it is not, the price is not beholden to the BNR. It has just been kind of flat, a little bit of a gainer. Once people figured out, you can still play this card in EDH. Yep. And 
because it's a living weapon, the only time we'll see this reprinted is in a supplemental set with living weapon, or if we go back to Mirrodin again. Uh, or I, I don't think that's likely. No. I Wizards can't design a set on Mirrodin block that doesn't require bannings in standard. Yeah, uh, you can look at it another way, which is every time they do a heavy artifact set, something goes wrong and they have to ban something. It happened in Urza's block, it happened in Mirrodin, it happened in Mirrodin again, and it happened in, in uh, Kaladesh. Kaladesh. Uh, yeah, true. Though, to be fair, the banning in the Mirrodin Besieged era was on Stoneforge Mystic and Jace, which were the set, the block prior, but it was because of these artifacts that they were banned. Yeah. You also had Birthing Pod from this set, which eventually got banned. So, yeah. Yeah. Come as it may. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good one, especially the GP promo. It's unique art. It's the type of thing that, you know, at the time it was a promo, it was played everywhere. Yep. And now it, you know, sees fringe legacy play because most people are down to Sophie and shit. Yes. And they cut Batter Skull altogether. Yeah, without a, so. a dedicated Stoneblade deck in the format like there used to be with, uh, not even with Deathrite Shaman, but there was just a change in the format with, I think it was Leovold that got rid of the, yeah. the, the true Stoneblade decks, the Esper Stoneblade or what have you. You lost Batter Skull as this kind of top-end finisher to decks that played Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah. And, and I, I think that makes it a really good pick up especially because if the meta ever shifts back to that and like you'll still see every now and then a stone blade deck pop up mm-hmm. at like a star city or something obviously oh yeah but i i think this similar to splinter twin is just a decent long-term pickup because like you said they're gonna disappear they're not gonna reprint it anytime soon you're at a super low risk for that mm-hmm. and it's a powerful effect that people play in edh i mean Every Boros deck is just mono equipment dot deck. I don't think that's going to change. Every Isamaro so. deck is mono equipment, and that's it. That's yeah. why that's why Batterskull has maintained its price and has slowly gone up over time. It's not a huge gainer. It's maybe a percent uh, percentage point year over year without access to actual play in modern. But if yeah. Stoneforge Mystic comes off the BNR, then we see, like I said, you can look at a taxes list. So something either mono white or green white hate bears and then you can also yeah. look into a blue white taxes deck with uh both thalia's stoneforge mystic and uh lavinia to just try and lock the game down and then you just go go deep for your blue white sword it's sort of fire and ice and batter skull and those are your three pieces yeah. of equipment that you run and all of them are eminently eminently castable and with uh, three CMCJs, you can still flash in Batterskull at EOT and kind of treat it like a Stoneforge Mystic activation, but... Yeah, right. That card. Good good job, guys. Good job. It's a good passive ability, man. Who doesn't like a Lorraine on a Planeswalker? Yeah, it's fantastic. Fair, yeah. fair, fair, never and broken magic. anything. Yeah. yeah, fair and balanced magic, exactly. Yeah. Ugh. But uh, that's it for me in regards to both Historic and uh, our little tap dance around the bnr uh do tune in we will actually be doing a special episode tomorrow mm-hmm. after the bnr where you will likely see me flip out about how awful wizards is and how yep. they're ruining their game it'll be great yep uh i think it might be an audio only podcast i gotta see because apparently it goes out at some ridiculous time est tomorrow it goes out in the evening 
Yeah. If uh, if they don't, for whatever reason, fat finger the update on their website, then we'll see it. I think it like which they could do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we will announce when that comes out. Otherwise, uh, I am at halt. I am reptar. I am at Thirsty Sizzler. We are at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter and Patreon. We are still looking for a few more patrons to fill out our UMA giveaway. And you can always find us on Twitter for our newest updates. Though this weekend we were admittedly a little silent as I was vending and you were taking a weekend off from Magic before we get back into the thick of things next weekend yes. in Detroit. Uh, which you can find me at Moose Loot next weekend at the Detroit Grand Prix, and you'll be with Face to Face. I will be with Face to Face, and I should be the uh, only one there with both a hat and a hoodie. Nice. I like to keep uh, my brand. Eight mile. That's right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys. Uh, yep. Catch you guys later. <laughs>